0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already filling up Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, whom even wind and sea obey? The Gospel of the Lord At the beginning of chapter 4, Jesus got into a boat to teach because the crowds were so large. At evening, he tells the disciples to cross over to the other side. This story on the sea reminds us of other crossings, the crossing of the Red Sea in the Exodus, and crossing the Jordan River into the land of promise. Jesus was not the first to be asleep in a boat during a storm. You'll recognize this story. Such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Jonah, meanwhile... Had gone down into the hold of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. The captain came and said to him, What are you doing, sound asleep? The Jewish biblical scholar Aviva Zornberg says, The captain expresses the existential plight of all those who stand between life and death. Uneasily straddling death and life, the sailors stand and cry out to God. Jonah escapes into a stupefied sleep. To flee from God is to refuse to stand between death and life. It is to refuse to cry out from that standing place. The opposite of flight from God is, in a word, prayer. As we've seen, Mark identifies death-dealing forces as demons and announces Jesus as the Son of God sent to heal and liberate human beings. One of his first acts of public ministry is to drive out a man's unclean spirit. Jesus commands the intruder to be silent and come out of him. And the crowds were astonished whispering about how Jesus commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. This week's story repeats these basic themes on an even larger scale. Though night is falling, we head across the sea into Gentile territory to confront even more death-dealing adversaries. Even the wind and the sea are against us. At the height of the storm, they woke Jesus up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? With that one line, Mark captures exactly how it feels. Storms are a perfect metaphor. When they come, and they always come, we feel like we're not going to make it, and we wonder if God is sleeping on the job. We wonder if God cares. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. St. Paul is reminding us of a central paradox of the Bible. The paradox is that faith requires distance in order to exist and flourish. Adam and Eve, humankind, would never know faith unless they left the garden. They alone had certainty about God. Any question they had could simply be checked out with God the next time they saw him. But this certainty of divine presence is not faith. It's a kind of infancy. A baby does not trust that her mother will not drop her. Instead, there's a merciful cluelessness to being an infant. There's a necessary distancing between God and humankind in the garden in order for the journey of faith to begin. Last March, as the coronavirus lockdown spread across the globe, Pope Francis stood in an empty St. Peter's Square in the evening twilight and prayed for the city and the world. Reflecting on today's Gospel, Francis observed, We were caught off guard by an unexpected, turbulent storm. All of us are in this boat. Just like those disciples, we too have realized that we cannot go on thinking of ourselves, but we can only do this together. The Lord awakens so as to reawaken and revive our Easter faith. We have an anchor. By his cross, we have been saved. We have a rudder. By his cross, we have been redeemed. We have a hope. By his cross, we have been healed and embraced so that nothing and no one can separate us from his redeeming love. Perhaps Mark is showing us that no matter what stands against him, Jesus' faith is not based on what is happening around him, but rests secure in the knowledge that he is the Beloved One of God. Remember the parable Jesus told last week from the boat? The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. In the crossing of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is acting out this parable. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with him in the boat. He was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. The word of God is with them, all the while the storm is raging. After rebuking the wind and the waves, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Do you not yet have faith? The word has already been planted. It keeps on growing, even as we sleep. In the words of Isaiah 55, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose. Being God's people, doesn't give us special dispensation for an easier, storm-free life. Bad things happen to all people, but faith is a way to find meaning. The Lutheran pastor, Nadia Bowles Weber, invites us to imagine what it's like to cross over to the other side. You know how you'll be in a personal storm, and you think, I'm perishing here, God. But when you look back on it six months later, you are still alive, and the world didn't end. One day, I want to get to the point where I can trust God in the moment, and not just in retrospect, months or even years later.